Good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WAC. We discuss all the current market trends and the important topics that you need to know before you buy, sell, or refinance your home. I'm your host, Michael Thayer with the Federal Savings Bank. I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. Joining me in studio today, we have Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. We had a nickname you named me a couple weeks ago. Yeah. What was that? I, I've still got Title Guru. Um, no, that was no, not it. The closer. Title, uh, no, no, that wasn't Kristen. it either. I don't know. We have to go back and re-listen to, to some of those. We we'll have to go back to the website or Facebook and look at some of those episodes. Yeah, you go out on MoneyManMike.net or on Facebook at MoneyManMikeRadio and we'll watch them all and say, that's what I called you, man. Yeah, I have to. I have embraced, I embraced that one. The other ones I've never embraced, but. That one Wasn't was it good. something that started with a C? Because it, you know, it was like I thought it was cr- cr- uh, constantly closing Chris or Chris. <laughs> yeah, the I Cobra. The yeah, cobra. I like the Cobra. <laughs> That's just more like my dance moves. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I have to go back and listen to that again. I, I I like that one. But okay, moving on. As he's doing the floss up here in the studio. <laughs> that dance, dance is so overplayed, man. Oh I'm so God, tired of seeing it. that. Every yeah. time I walk in here, Jimmy's doing that behind the glass. That's mm-hmm. the one the kids all do. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's the ones the adults try to do, but the kids can do like the kids can. Re- Preston, Preston got it. My grandson. Yeah. Did I did I tell you listeners that I have grandkids? My husband is older, so. Because I look really young on here with my I don't remember you telling us that. I there. don't remember that either. Yeah, I've known her for have, several years. I have yeah. three grandchildren. So. We didn't wow. believe that, would you? Anyway, one of them is six, and he all about some flossing. He's a flossing king. And, he, and, and he's, he's pretty good at it. Well, that's good. His teeth should last forever. Yeah, well, not that <laughs> 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 Too bad and, I don't have those buttons in here that Jimmy has yeah, in there. No joke, man. And, of course, you heard Miss Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. She's here in the house. Along with your Auburn Tigers. Oh, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. War Eagle. Hey. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> the people listening to this and in, the, in the Middle week. Tennessee area yeah. uh, may not be Sorry. so happy with that comment. Don't Please don't death threat me. Yeah, everybody just turned the radio off. <laughs> oh, oh, and I would like to point out that for the first time ever, how long have we been doing this show? I got a phone call. Long time. Last weekend, and she said, is this the lady from the radio show? And I was like, yes, ma'am, it is. And she said... Um, what did she want? She asked me some real estate questions, but mm. oh, she was talking about yeah, selling her house. But I was like, somebody was listening and remembered me. <laughs> I love when they have the SEC tournament here because you know why? Brings all these people in who spend oh their money here mm-hmm. in the Music City, which That's is why bunch. this city continues to, to grow and and thrive, and all these businesses love it. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I'm not from here, so I'm not a homer of any. Of any school that typically plays here. Where but, are you from again? Uh, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. Oh man, you one of them. So uh, a little Florida. Yes. Uh, so Florida remember guy. the retirement home? Yes. Story? Now yeah. I do remember that. Yes. 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 Florida boy. So yes, but uh, so I love when they come here because and everybody loves it. You see them on the news or like we love Nashville. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, it's just. I mean, heck, I've moved away, got transferred multiple times to all over the U.S., and I always come back to Nashville. Everybody does. I mean, it's just something about Nashville. I agree. Used- I love my city. Some yeah. some days, not as much as others. When I'm sitting <laughs> in traffic, or they get the traffic dialed in, it'll yeah. be all right. But as soon as Elon Musk gets that hyperloop finished, you won't have yeah. to worry about it anymore. <laughs> Done. Yes. So this week's show, man, we got a lot on tap, and uh, the one thing I keep on getting a, you know questions about, and I don't know if you guys do or not, but people are really in tune with the economy. People are concerned. There's another bubble. And are you guys hearing a bunch of questions about that or concerns about 
what they're hearing in the news. Well, the economy, to, first of all, affects every single person on the face of the earth. Everything. So that's why it's, it's always one of the most talked about things. And most people's biggest holding are their real estate holdings. So that's a double whammy when it comes to uh, to topics that people talk about is yeah. that because it affects everything, their wealth, their retirement, um, their current living situation. So everybody always – I think, you know, what I get asked more than anything is rates. You know, how are the rates doing? And I think people think that there's a way to go out and buy a house at 50 cents on the dollar right now because yeah. they hear on the news that, that things are kind of slowing down and I just – they're like, it's time to get a deal. Time to get, and I just kind of <laughs> chuckle, you know, because You're like, no, because uh, that's, that's doesn't work. Twenty that, years yeah. ago, or five, or mm-hmm. three. You know, I do Not think uh, Andrew's really the expert on this, but my opinion mm-hmm. is that um, I do think we're seeing a little bit of a correction in there. Absolutely, um, I've got some even in the downtown area. I've got a couple builders or people that are working on, working on projects, and uh, you know, they're kind of complaining a little bit that pricing's mm-hmm. come down. Not drastic, you know, just uh, a little tick down just to a level tick things down. out. An, an example of that. Was a builder built six houses in East Nashville, and you know in November I think he sold one for three seventy nine, and he just sold another one for three fifty nine. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was it was like a twenty thousand dollar drop right. that they had from November to now. So he's really really unhappy with that number, but you know it's a little more favorable for the buyers right now. Yeah. So are you? What are you seeing? Oh, I'm definitely seeing a correction, and I mean, and I think in all honesty, it needed to happen a little bit. Yes, but and. Sellers, I think some sellers are not thinking through the fact that they're like, everything's at a, at a peak. It's time to sell. But they don't realize what, you know, if you're buying something, you're going to be paying yep. at a peak, too. Yep. Um, I mean, and it, and it has ticked down, though, back to what you were talking about. So I would say that little... I don't know if I'd how I'd put it in terms of percentage, like I don't know, one two percent. Yeah, three, yeah, maybe? it's just a small correction. Yeah. A lot of it still depends on the price of the house. Well, yeah, and because back in you know last year and the year before that, things were so unrealistic. Everything that listed, people are like fighting over. So something went oh, you know unrealistically over what it should have been. It was overvalued. Yeah. Now I'll give you an example too. I have a, one of the one of my employees who's looking for a house and looking for something a little more affordable in the downtown mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, she's trying to look for something that's 250 and 250000 and below. Right. And everything she's seeing is like 900 square mm-hmm. foot at 250000 mm-hmm. So it's running close to $300 a foot yeah. for downtown. So I'm, so I'm going, wow. So it really depends on the, and that's more East Nashville, Inglewood areas. And so you're going, Okay, just when you think pricing may be correcting a little bit, you see stuff like that. You find out yeah. how competitive it is still mm-hmm. at that price point that people are paying. Well, really, top top, top dollar three hundred and under is is hard. I was about to say, isn't Germantown and and the nations and all that stuff at least three hundred or somewhere in that ballpark? Oh yeah, yeah. So I think I think depending on what it is, but for the most part, probably average housing. You're looking at that. You know that higher price point. I think. You know, you said over three hundred, but mm-hmm. I'm going to throw the big four number out there. You know, three fifty four. Right. No, I'm saying right. anything under three hundred is hard to find. That's moving ready. That's not a shoebox. Yeah, period. If it, if it is, it goes really fast. Yeah, absolutely. But even at that point, it was a two bedroom, you know, two bedroom, one mm-hmm. bath, mostly houses. So I mean, it's it's much smaller, but I mean, that's just what is out there to afford. Oh sure. Hey, when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the numbers and what the National Association of Business Economics. Um, are really saying about is there a slowdown is there some sort of thing to be concerned about so we're going to dive into these numbers and see what jimmy i mean see what uh chris and andrew say about this you've been listening to the money man mike show here on talk radio 98.3 and 1510 wlac we'll be right back hey 
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We talk all things of real estate. In the studio this morning, we have Mr. Chris Corbeau and Andrew Brewer, and we're talking about economic slowdown. And, you know, people are constantly asking or concerned about are we going to head into another recession or is there going to be another bu- uh, bubble? When's it going to pop? And it's just, that, I think, is the common thing I always hear. Eventually, when's, it's coming. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, uh, when's, when's it going to pop? You know, ultimately, if you read all the economic data, it says that, you know, right now, historically, we are in the longest uh, period of growth right. in in economic growth that our economy has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And so that says something in itself right there. Does that mean that doom is on the horizon? I, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. But if you talk to like the Federal Reserve people and stuff, it, it just says no. No, no. And that's the thing with some of this data here is – you know, last week the National Associations for Business Economics released their uh, February 2019 uh, policy survey, and the survey revealed that, that the majority of the panel believe that an economic slowdown is in the near the future. But while only 10% of the panelists expected a recession in 2019, 42% said a recession will happen in 2020, and 25% expected one in 20, uh, 2021. But that coincides with several, several super smart people that work at the Balsamic uh, Survey of uh, Market Analysts, the Wall Street Journal Survey of Economics, and the Duke University Survey of American CFOs, they all said, hey, a temporary slowdown is healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, con- I mean, all good things must come to an end. You you can't stay on this record pace forever. So I want to read what the definition of recession is. Oh, I was about to go to that, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, if you got it, that's fine no. too. But because people hear recession and they no, think like, <gasps> they think in apocalyptic end of the world. Right. Okay. So I want to read, read just it. what the definition of recession is because I want them. I knew what it was, but I wanted to make sure. Yep. Um, but it said a period of temporary economic decline. Hold during, on. Repeat mm-hmm. that. A period of temporary temporary economic decline during which trade. And industrial activity are reduced, generally identified by the fall of the GDP, gross domestic product, Mm -hmm. um, in two consecutive quarters. Correct. Okay, so that's not two consecutive years. Right. Doesn't say real estate. Nope. Um, Doesn't. So it it specifically, it could be many, many, many different factors. Absolutely. But um, it just talks about an economic decline that's just for two consecutive quarters. Now, the next one that comes around, will it only be for two quarters? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I don't know that. Would it only affect one? We had a a conversation one day on the show, too, and I keep going back to old stuff, where it talked about uh, the, the percentage of which order things will start falling apart correct, on. Correct. And I, I, that's even a recession proof. But I think real estate was like number seven on that list. Eight. Eighth, Eighth on the list, on the list yep. of, of people. Maybe you can repost that again sometime. I remember what it was, was one. Trade policy. Trade. Because, I mean, all the, and then the, um, the uh, tariff wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was number one and number two. Housing was eighth on the list. Of items in, in this order that they anticipate a recession yeah. to hit, yeah. housing was was near the bottom of the top ten. And typically, housing is not there. I mean, with the exception of the last time when we had the housing collapse, that's when housing led it because there was all this false appreciation driving up um, the values. Where right now, it's pure supply and demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true economics one hundred and one supply and demand. You have more people that want to buy a product than there are people selling. And, and I've tried, and every time somebody asks me about the bubble, I try to explain one supply and demand, and two, when we had oh, you know, an 08, everybody was, you know, do you have a driver's license and a job? You can buy a house. 
because I mean everybody wants. could buy. I mean, you, you know, it was like, oh, I have zero down, and I'll just tell you that I make fifty grand a year. Okay, <laughs> they're like, okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and was that it easy? is not like that now. So well, there there's are. way more regulation. Mm-hmm. Aren't there some loans that are coming out though that are stated income? Have you seen any of that yet? I haven't seen any of that uh, per se, but yet the I used to be against the bank statement programs, but once I really dived in and understood the way the rules are written today versus the way they were 12 years ago, it's a much, much safer loan. Because you think about it from just a layman's point of view, common sense point of view, if you're averaging deposits into your account of 5, 7, 10, 15, 20 grand a month, and you're doing that consecutively for 12 to 24 months, you're making money. Now, we're going to use that and subtract out your debts. And if you can make the ratios work, your debt to income ratios, Where's the risk? Because obviously you have cash flow and you've demonstrated the cash flow coming through your account for the last 12 to 24 months. Whereas stated income, I make 50 grand. Oh, my fault. That's 50 grand a month. Okay. Sign here. With no proof. Now I've got to have somebody's bank statements showing that they're actually depositing that and kind of cash. And the averages. And, yeah. and the averages, the average balance after everything's paid out every month. And then I'm subtracting out your debts. And if you're still debt to income ratio within the 40% bracket, why not? Where's the risk on that loan? That the money's being made illegally. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it does make a difference if they weren't verifying bank statements before and just taking people's word as opposed to now they're verifying to see a track record of continual deposits going into people's accounts and not just fabricated numbers on a sheet of paper with yeah. no backup uh, confirming that information. I mean, before stated income was literally, hey, uh, Chris, how much you make? Fifty grand a month. Okay, how much you have in the bank? Two hundred grand a month. I mean, two hundred grand. Oh, my fault. Two million. Okay, how much you putting down? Twenty. Okay, sign here. I got to put twenty percent down. Well, okay, we can give you ten percent down. (laughs) I mean, better. It was. It was that simple. It was that easy. I mean, that was. Those were the questions we had to ask. You signed the application and everything checked out, and you're good to go. We didn't do any income verification back then. It was just boom. Here it is. Now. I've got to have a verification of employment done by a third-party agency. Uh, you send me your tax returns. I'm going to turn them and do a, a tax transcript verification to make sure what you provided me is what the tax uh, the IRS has on record. Your pay stubs, bank bank records. I mean, we're looking at income and employment and everything from so many different angles now. Whereas before, how much you make? Okay, sign here. That was stated income before. Bank statement programs today. They they didn't make us cross-check as many things as we do today back then. But, again, if you're going through and you're validating with the IRS, you're validating with other sources and means. And there's a bill in Congress, I think, right now that's going to help self-employed people to where we can use or utilize different forms of income. Because right yeah. now it's very it's very difficult. It's very for, stringent. It is. So Yeah, bank, and some people have, you know, I'm an Uber driver and I do this. And right. you have a bunch of different ways of making your income. Exactly. And yet, I mean, if you can document you're making the income, why shouldn't you be able to use it? Especially if you're paying taxes on it. Because mm-hmm. that's that's been the biggest thing is the IRS said if you're going to write all your income off as a self-employed person, well, you're not going to count it for income for qualifying for a mortgage. Well, what do you do? I mean, the tax code says write it all off. Lower your tax liability. But then when you want to come see me and get a mortgage, I'm like, sorry, sorry. you only make 20 grand on paper. <laughs> Good for you from a tax point of view for the yeah. last five to seven years. But, you know, it, it sucks for you for buying a house. So that's where the bank statements come in these days. Um, 
Because, I mean, you can see it. You can qualify them. You can see that they're having that average deposit over and over and over consistently. And you can really figure out, okay, how much money do you really have coming into your house? How much is going out? So there's a loan that you can do, right, that people have access to right now? Oh, yeah. We can do it on 12 months. We can do it on 24 months. You can do it as a W-2. You can do it as a self-employed. I mean, it's 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 a loan that you want to go to if you can't qualify for anything else. Um, they still consider a higher-risk loan, so it's a higher-rate loan. It's not going to be the same rate as if you're qualifying off a of W-2 income or a regular self-employed person that has enough income on their Schedule C to, to qualify and hit the ratios. But at the same time, it's a difference to what I always call it. You know, it's a price to play the game. It's if you've got to pay a higher rate for 12, 24 months or whatever it might be until you can qualify under regular lending terms, how mad do you want the house? So you got to pay a little bit extra in rent, I mean, a little bit extra in interest. It is what it is. If that's really what you want to do move forward, you want to get in and capture that equity position of the, of the house appreciating, it's a small price to pay. So what else does that data show that you have there? Oh, we're going to have to jump out to a break, but we're going to get back into it because um, – how many out of the last five recessions, what do you think the property values did? Did they decline? Did they appreciate over the last five recessions? Hold your hold your answer because we're going to pick that up on the other side of this break. But I think it's going to surprise you because a lot of people think a recession is negative. So I'll give you a little tip there. Every Most people think a recession is negative. So out of the last five recessions... The property values go up or go down. We'll be back here on Jeopardy in Nashville. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. In the studio this morning, we have Mr. Chris Corbeau from Midtown Title and Andrew Brewer from the Benchmark Realty and the uh, CEO of the Auburn Tigers fan, uh, Nashville fan, fan Club. Yeah. yeah. Whoop. I am a member of the Nashville Auburn Fan Club. <laughs> <laughs> the things we learn on this show. So, before the break, we're talking about the last five recessions. And a lot of people think economic slowdown, recession, is doomsday. It's negative. Dum, dum, dum. Exactly. I mean, I don't like it. Well, no, but at the same time, it's not all bad. So, out of the last five recessions, how many of those recessions would you guess that home prices actually appreciated? Probably all of them, which, you know, prior to the last recession, I had nice, flowing, dark, wavy hair. Uh, and now I have no hair, gray stubble, and a nice, shiny spot on the top. So I'm, uh, I'm always against any recession, considering what it has done to me over the years. But that being said, I'm going to go with at least three of them, if not all five. But I was thinking three or four. Jimmy, you want to take a stab? Yeah, I'll say all of them. Well, it can't be all of them because we did have a... Uh, uh, bubble pop yeah. and the uh, housing collapse. Mm. So one well, of them. Which one? The, o, the 08 one? Yeah. yeah. 06 yeah. or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, 06, 08. Everyone has so four. There. Surprisingly, yeah. From January 1980 through July of Winner. 1980. And the home prices during that period rose 4.5%. Then we had another recession July 1981 to November 82. Home values rose 1.9%. July 1990 through March 91. Excuse me. Um, actually, correction. I'm sorry. Take that back. 
Two of them. I looked at my notes wrong. Oh, two of the man. last five. Uh, so nobody won. Nobody won. Sorry. Ah. Consolation prize. Delete this whole all, this whole scene. <laughs> hey, we all make mistakes. I quit. Human. No, in July 1990 to March 1991, home values actually. Um, well, technically, you, you could still say it appreciated because they fell less than 1%. So, I mean, it was break-even almost. Well, after this last recession, I still think there's areas that are still kind of feel, I mean, made out even now completely bounced back all the way from exactly. values. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another interesting thing is how far- the Pre-recession the, values anyways. Right, right. And along with, um, I saw something the other day, home ownership's um, back up there to like, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the highest rates as well. I can't remember the now? number. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of makes sense with everybody trying to buy and do everything. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things of, you know, people talk about a recession and so forth, but there's no reason to panic, especially not right now, because, you know, even if we are heading for a recession, there's been many times people have predicted a recession and we never hit one. Mm-hmm. But even if we do hit a recession, the housing market's not going to lead it. And it shouldn't be. Anything as detrimental as no. 06 and 08. No. Which was by far the worst. No. So, there's, I mean, there's no reason to panic. Um, Wait, with, what was the stats on that one? Which one? That specific recession. Uh, you know, surprisingly, they didn't publish that in here. It was it was bad. I mean, I remember, heck, you had stuff up and down the Sunshine States, you know, stuff out in California, Arizona, Nevada, um, Florida, up and down the East Coast. Heck, they were seeing 20% declines. Yeah. It seemed like... You, Per year, I was thinking the average would be like ten. I don't. Oh know. yeah, it was bad. I'm, I'm surprised they actually did not publish this in the report. That's kind of shocking. But the United um, States Census Bureau said the fourth quarter home ownership rate was sixty four point eight percent. That's a good number. That is. That's that's solid. Yeah. So I mean, in in summary, I mean, if there is an economic slowdown in our future, there's no need to really. Let fear set in, you know, the financial analysts that look at the stuff on a daily basis and are way smarter than any of us. They're all saying, hey, just keep on doing what you're doing and don't fret about it. Because like we said before in our last segment, uh, if housing's involved, it's like eighth on the list of being a culprit for it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other things that are going to drive a recession right now from economic policy, trade wars, tariff wars. I mean, it's just there's a lot of other things that can that can bring the economy down. But again, it's a temporary slowdown of only two consecutive quarters. That's what you got to have for a, uh, recession. a true recession. So if you only have one slowdown in one quarter, but then the second one pops back up again. Doesn't count. Does not count. You did not have a recession. Do you know, I was just reading this, homeowner rates between, it goes back to 96 and it shows 2018. So several years was always, it's always been between 63 and 67 or 68, 69%. So it's, I mean, I guess 5% across the U.S. is probably a pretty wide swing mm-hmm. um, to do that. But our housing uh, court, our rates have stayed you know, relatively high over the years. And I can't remember what Congress and the Clinton administration wanted to uh, increase the home uh, ownership rate up to, but that's that's what launched a lot of the stuff is the order to increase home ownership. And I'm, I'm, I have to go back and research to figure out where they want to move that number, you know, out of the 60s to the lower 70s or where they want it to go. So you know how the average return on investments like nationwide is what, like 3% is... I mean, is that like always been three percent, or is that just now it's three percent? That's a good because question. if you think about it, you were saying like, okay, when we had a recession, 
prices still went up a percent. So, you know, 3% is kind of the average. So, obviously, that was down from 3 but they still went up in value. So... I know that all... It seems like every report always says a historical average yeah. is 3 to 4%. I just wonder how long that range has been that ratio or whatever. I have to say back into early to mid-90s, I would think. Okay. And at 90s. Yeah, 90s. That's a question I get a lot, too. Yeah. You know, just when I'm driving around showing houses, they're like, so... And I'm like, well, 3% is nationwide. And I was like, you know, lately Nashville's been 8 10%. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it depends on... It's slowed down, which, you know, is what we're discussing today. Right. But it's been way more than the national Heck, average yeah. or return on your investment. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I would say the 3%'s been in play for... 70 years, 60, 70, easy. Yeah. Google man, you over there, you, you research Yeah, I'm looking, yeah, you know me, man. I'm always looking You're, every yep. time you He's say stuff. I, 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 hey, I'll wear that. I don't <laughs> I'll care. I'll say it. I he like to have factual <laughs> data instead of just guessing, so uh, to make sure. Was it about 70 years? It's got to be. You ever, or you not find it yet? What was the question? What would you say? Just a second. How ago? long has the national average of 3% been running? As far as national average of appreciation, I'm not finding that number, so I'm kind of looking around right now. Uh, you know, on Investortopia, which I don't really know these folks, it was saying that long uh, long term real estate investing varies in areas, but an average 20 year return is around nine and a half percent. It's even better. Yeah, residential diversified real estate investments do a bit better, averaging 10.6 percent uh, return. But I, I don't know. I don't want to say. I don't want to throw numbers out there. First of all, it confuses people. But secondly, um, I don't know that that's an accurate place. So please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. No, but that kind of you know perfectly segues us into you know how can you increase your family's net wealth? And a lot of people, you know, they ask questions: Is it really good to buy a house? Is it better to rent? Is it better to buy? And to me, I just can't understand – well, I'm, depending on the individual, I can understand why it might be better for them to rent. But long term, why would you not buy? I mean, we've said it many times. If you're renting – You're throwing money. You're paying somebody else's mortgage. You're paying a mortgage, yeah. It's not yours, but you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting any kind of benefit of the forced savings where – the appreciation's uh, going up, and you're paying the principal down, and now you've got a forced savings account. Yeah, there's so-called experts out there in the world uh, right now that are arguing whether or not people should actually own houses and not yeah. rent them anymore. And I was going to get this information up because I watched this the other day. And, of course, I think they're dead wrong because you have something tangible in a real Heck estate yeah. home. Sure. And um, – you know, it's something they can't take away from you as long as you pay for it. Um, housing, as we've talked about recently here in the same show, has has typically only increased in value. It's very mm-hmm. rarely gone back in value. Mm-hmm. Um, and third, you got to pay somebody. So ultimately, in the day, even if you broke even and got all your money back that you lived in a house for, right. then it cost you nothing to live in a house. Uh, during that time frame. So, uh, yeah. And if everybody quit owning homes, I mean, so what, Big Brother's going to just continue to grow their wealth? I mean, like, <laughs> what? Someone is. Yeah. I mean, that's not cool. No, it's not cool. Hey, we got to jump out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can increase your family's net worth by 44%. Again, 44% how you can increase your family's net wealth. Been listening to the Money Man Mike show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. 
we have Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title and Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty in the house today. And Andrew made a comment uh, before our break about, um, dang, I just went broke, uh, uh, where uh, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Big Brother coming in and taking care of everybody's mortgages and real estate, or you renting from Big Brother. And, you know, we were kind of joking about that, but I mean, that's a true statement. I mean, how many Wall Street firms are investing and buying in Nashville? I know of four alone. Look, there's a couple firms in town that people don't know. I'm not going to say their name on here that own a lot, thousands, yeah, and on thousands of houses in the Middle Tennessee area that you're rent that you're renting from in their yeah. hedge funds. Oh yeah, I know and, what you're talking. About. I yes. mean, I, I've done deals with huge companies that just buy these properties solely cash. for rental for cash. Yep. And if you listen to the radio. Any amount of time, you will hear some of these commercials yep. mm-hmm. on t- on the radio about these companies out buying these houses. Some of them keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, some of them will sell them, but a lot of them keep them and turn them into rentals, and yep. that's mm-hmm. who you're renting from at that. Um, uh, you know, you're renting the property. That being said, when you're renting from a large conglomerate like that, they basically control what. Yeah, what, what the rents are. What yeah. the rents are, because yeah. they own enough to be able to have that sort of influence. Yeah. So if you have a lease that says you have to pay X number of dollars and it's for one year, you will pay that number of mm-hmm. that amount for that year. Now, after year one, if you have nothing wrote in there that caps that or whatever else, they can up your rent. They can up the rent mm-hmm. to whatever that is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To do that, and then you're at their mercy. So you either pay it. Or you move out and go try to find somewhere else. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we kind of joke about Big Brother owning it, but it's actually more prevalent than I think people think that it is. You know, you know, we joke about Big Brother, but heck, if Big Brother, the government was actually doing it, I think it would be at a, a much lower margin or rate than what these investment firms are coming in and buying it up. Because why are they buying properties? They're not buying and investing in real estate to lose money to lose or money. to break money, right. break oh, yeah. even. They're here to make money. And if the rates keep on going up, the rental rates keep on going up, just like you said, if you're not in, an ex, in a long-term lease, at the end of your lease, oh, guess what? When your rent just went up 200 bucks for next year. Oh, you can't move? You can't stay? Oh, that's fine. We've got somebody else. They're going to pay 500 bucks more than you're paying. Yeah. We're good with that. And I, I read, and I wish I'd have brought this with me. And I keep saying that. i got to quit saying that. Jimmy's going to get on me. But um, I read a statistic <laughs> of, of the three <laughs> market trends to expect this year, and the number one thing was f- foreign money being invested into the United States housing market. Yeah. And what you're seeing with a lot of these rental properties are hedge funds or their foreign investment funds mm-hmm. where people from all over the world are pouring their money in. Mm-hmm. They're coming in. They're paying cash for these houses. Mm-hmm. They're closing yep. you wink, wink, quick yep. um, because they, they're trying to get the house at a better price. Um, and then they're going to either turn around and, and, and rent it to you and make a bunch of money off their investment, or they're going to turn around and sell the house uh, for a profit. But uh, a lot of that is foreign money. Yeah. Well, and we've talked before on the show about just the amount of money some people have. Yes. I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing. Yes. I mean, I've had deals that were half a million dollars in cash, and I'm just like, what? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and that's nothing yeah. I'm in the grand scheme of things, but... To little old me, that's a lot of money to have in cash and to be willing to just, you know. Well, that goes back to supply and demand. The very first conversation yeah. we had today was that the supply is so short and demand's high that people know they have to come off that to do that. Uh, they have to get a parent or or yep. somebody or, or yep. their own cash to make a cash offer on the house so, so somebody can actually buy it. And then they go back in and try to refinance it after they acquire the property to get as yeah. much back as they can. So they yeah. have the power to, uh, to get it in mm-hmm. the so first place by paying cash. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
And uh, so cash is king. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's your statement, Andrew, where you made, uh, you said, you know, had a $500,000 deal. Uh, was it 500? Yeah, 500,000 yeah. just pure cash. Now think about that. And it's you said it's a lot of money to you. It's a lot of money to all of us. But let's say you're talking ten grand. You know, it doesn't matter what the amount is. The average homeowner, the average renter, two grand might be a lot of money to them. So you think about if you're sitting here debating on whether it's a good investment or not to buy. If all these Wall Street firms, these foreign investors that have millions, billions, billions, thank you, ready to go, and this is where they're investing. Why are you not investing in your mm-hmm. own home? Yeah, you hear these commercials on yeah. the radio or TV. There's not some guy sitting at his house with a sack full of money that's saying, I'm going to pay cash for your house. I mean, I guess there is a couple of firms right. in town that would do in that, but not on the scale that these no. large yeah. large corporations are out here doing it. Uh, they're buying with billions of dollars yeah. to do it. Why? Because it's a, it's a great investment. It's a solid return. You have a tangible asset mm-hmm. that your investors have their hands on and – Eventually, if they sell it for nothing, then they get all their money back and they're not out anything. So the risk is very, very minimal. You know, the Federal Reserve conducts a survey that they title the Survey of Consumer Finances. And the data is collected across all economic and social groups. And the last survey data covers 2013 to 2016. Within that study, it revealed that the median net worth of a homeowner's of a homeowner is $231,400 which represents a 15% increase from 2013 to 2016. 15% increase. So we were talking earlier about the average appreciation is 3%. Well, there's 5%. Mm -hmm. And this is from the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, same time period, 2013 to 2016, the median net worth of of a renter decreased by 5%, which is $5,200, $5,200 $5,200, $5,200 today compared to $5,500 back in 2013. It's a $250,000 difference, the, av- the medium net worth. Did I hear you correctly? It went. The median net worth is 200 Well, basically from a renter to a homeowner's, you subtract out at $225,000. Wow. So when you do the numbers, that's where the 44% – it's you're going to increase your your family's net worth by 44% by owning a home versus renting. Well, people's equity has increased, I mean, tremendously over the last few years. And we, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about the percentages of growth here in Nashville, which is hitting double digits mm-hmm. of percentages. And part of that, you know, people are like, man, I don't want to sell because if I got to buy, I got to buy high too. Mm-hmm. I might sell high, but uh, I have to buy high. And so people haven't sold, which is further continuing the problem, right? Yep. Where uh, the supply and demand continues, yep. which then runs housing prices up. So it's a big vicious cycle. Cycle that goes yeah. on, but people who own a house and they've owned it for many for several years, I mean, this maybe even five years or more, uh, you know, the equity that they have built up yeah. as long as they've not tapped it out is pretty substantial. So oh, I could yeah. see that number being very Absolutely. accurate. Well, the Fed goes on to say something that we always talk about and actually mentioned it earlier on the show is simply put, home ownership is a form of forced savings. Every time you pay your mortgage, you're contributing to your net worth by increasing your equity in your home. And they, uh, there's a Gallup report um, that Americans picked a real estate as the best long-term investment for the fifth year in a row. Now, a lot of us believe in real estate, but yet I don't, I, I don't understand whether some of these people, these talking heads, are saying it's better to rent. 
Yeah. I mean, we're and we're, I where I'm like, or who who's paying you to say that? Yeah, exactly. Like, where do you even get get these that big rental data? companies? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? They got them on the payroll, that's right? <laughs> so that's highly probable too. But that's uh that. You should take that number and blast it everywhere. Yeah. The, the average net worth of a renter is fifteen two hundred dollars, and the average net worth of a homeowner is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, the numbers just don't lie. So that's kind of that's that's a crazy difference between the two. It is, and I mean, if you're sitting here listening to us today, you're listening to us on online at some point in the future, and you're debating on whether to buy or rent. When the time came, do you want to be worth fifty two hundred yeah. bucks, or yeah. do you want to be worth two hundred and fifty? Well, and I, I mean, I've stressed this multiple times on here. If you were thinking of buying a home and you think, oh, I don't have a down payment, oh, I don't know, my credit's There's bad, call that. a lender, call Mike, call yes. somebody, and find out what your options are. Because a lot of times your credit's better than you think. A lot of times you don't need what you, you know, you don't need twenty percent down. Nope. I mean, my just for an example of what we're talking about today on my own personal home, my house is worth. Three times what I paid for it, and mm-hmm. I bought it in 2013. Mm-hmm. Literally three times that. Yeah, you I know, mean, yeah, we were talking about the one of, the, of my employees that was looking at the house in East Nashville. Um, just talk, first, uh, we were just talking about the whole process, you know, and and this is something she does every single day mm-hmm. at my office. Yeah. Closes loans, does everything. But we were just talking, trying to figure out numbers and stuff. And she was like, "Well, well, my 20 percent down payment would be this." And I, I know, I looked at her like, "What?" And you're like, you should know better than this. And I'm like, that's exactly. I was like, how many loans? How many loans do you close that do not have twenty percent down? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, how many people you see that close with no money down or little money down? And she's like, well, I don't know. I just don't think about it. I just do it. And I'm like, so you know, it's a prime example that even people who do this every single day work in a title company, work in this, you know, don't even understand that. Hey, you know, because she she looked at me straight face and said, I got to have twenty percent down. I was like, no, you don't. Who told you that? Yeah. A lot of people confuse a 20% down with avoiding MI, the mortgage insurance, private mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's there's a federal law that basically states that if you don't have 20% down, you've got to pay MI, and that is an insurance policy in, in the event that you default on the mortgage. But you don't have to have 20% to buy a house. So if you don't have 20%, are you going to pay MI? That's no big deal in the grand scheme of things. Right. Again, if, you're, if you run the numbers – and your net worth is going to be significantly better than where it was today in five years, even though you've been paying MI, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And okay. then once you're in the loan and in the house, there's ways to, you know, refinance or yeah. I mean, let's go back. To there's this. a lot. Of, you can get rid of the mortgage insurance. If you're renting, your your net worth is fifty two hundred bucks versus. Wah, wah. Um, yeah. Versus a homeowner. Of $231. I mean, $231,000. Yeah. I mean... That's massive. That's huge. I mean, who can argue with that article? It's got a big dog and a little dog riding it. Yeah, it's come from the Federal Reserve, too. <laughs> so uh, it's got it's to <laughs> oh, be it's accurate. Got a dog. It's got to be real. It's got to be accurate. So, like Mud uh, and Jeff up in there, man. But yeah, I just want, I just, I just want, you know, I wish I could, you could just get that out there to folks that just say, hey, you know, you don't have to have 20% down. No. You know, you can get as little as zero down. Yeah, give us a call. We'll walk you through it. Hey, we've got to get out of here, but uh, if you missed any of the show, check it out online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio. If you need to get in contact with us, all of our contact information is out there. You guys have a great day. We're out. See you.